All right, welcome to the Real Family Therapy Podcast. It's episode 15. Shows DJ Double OG. We got Are You Serious? We got Dad in the building. How you fellas doing today? Doing well. All right. I got my red and uh, yellow stripes in the background. This is the logo. Wait, wait, wait. Stripes? I mean, stars. Oh, okay. Yeah, stars. Uh-huh. I was trying to make a logo. And then, um, I don't know. I liked it at the time, but now it just looks ridiculous. Got the original media background logo and everything. All right, today is episode 15. Usually, like every episode, we start off with um, news that uh, nobody cares about. Uh, and then we're going to get into a lot of uh, more serious issues. But it's a girl, uh, Instagram model that was flexing. I seen this story and I thought it was funny. She was flexing on the gram uh, about the PPP loan. And then the feds came and got her. <laughs> and now they're charging her with fraud. And they're demanding that she pays the money back immediately. She started a GoFundMe account. Uh, she has over 100,000 followers on Instagram. And she's currently raised $4,000. <laughs> to pay back her $20,000 PPP loan before she goes to jail. And I tried to, you know, when the PPP loans first came out, I qualified, but I didn't do it because I don't trust it, right? So I'm like, I don't trust it. You know what I'm saying? There's something fishy about it. I don't trust it. And plus, it's a loan. I don't want to take out a loan. And then I keep hearing about forgiveness. Everybody else is getting this money. So I'm like, I'm curious now. Let me check the process out. So once I, you know, invested in reading about the process and watch videos and do it all that, I, I applied for myself and um, uh, and found out that I legally qualified and I did it the legal way and the right way. And I'm telling you, if you do it the legal and the right way, you're not getting $20,000 from a PPP loan. Like, you have to be making a lot of money to get $20,000. $8,000 a month, like, you got to be making are you serious money. <laughs> to qualify for a PPP loan. You know what I'm saying? Like, nobody making are you serious money. Like, that's a lot of money. Because um, you're talking about people that are gaming. They've been, they yeah, already been doing yeah, that on their care. income taxes. You know, saying they got a business and they got this much money just so they can get the earned income credit. Right. So, so that's I why it's already on the tax reforms. <laughs> like, well, I already got that on the form. So all they had to do is just add it to the PPP which is what they're doing. And um, uh, what tripped me out about the story was that she actually raised the money on a GoFundMe account. What's really sad about the situation is that the government has only got 119 cases of PPP fraud. I know personally about seven people, maybe 10, about 12 people, literally, that should go to jail for PPP fraud. Literally. And so if they only got 119 cases out of all the people that apply for this PPP loan money, I can see why so many people are trying to do it the illegal way. Well, that's not it that's because like in the way. 20,000 is not the limit. You can get million dollars on them loans if you got a big business. Those are the people that are defrauded. Getting those million, half a million dollar checks. From the PPP, yeah. Oh, uh, so this is this is another thing too. You guys got to remember as well. We're talking about the IRS. So how many times have y'all done taxes? 
and then they magically hit you up with a letter saying, oh, we were looking and it looks like in 2007, we miscalculated and you owe us 2000 more dollars. So don't worry, <laughs> they gonna eventually get to every single one of them because that's what the IRS is known for. They'll hit you with yeah. that letter years later and you'll be like, what, what is, what is this? They'll, they'll hit you up. So yeah. don't worry. It may not, it may not get there when you want it, but they always on time. <laughs> well, so they go for the big frauds first yeah. and then they wait for people to come and snitch on the other frauds and then they actually go and investigate the the last ones when they ain't got nothing to do. I wouldn't even take the chance. It ain't worth it for twenty thousand dollars. That's not. That's not. Twenty thousand. You'll spend that in a week. Twenty thousand ain't nothing. You could spend literally. You could spend twenty thousand dollars in a week. I've spent. Not have nothing to show for it. In ten minutes. Yeah. You could just have fun. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You could just have fun. So. That's why I couldn't. I can't understand why people go crazy on. Family Feud, I mean, it's $20,000, people. And they got five people going crazy over $20,000. Not to mention that. Well, they doing it for the like, show. But yeah. yeah. They probably like, get like 2000 each. each. Yeah. Probably 2000 each. You got to pay tax on that. That's what I'm saying. It's 2000 Because it's yeah. considered, uh, what is it, supplemental income? So that's a higher yeah. tax bracket. So, yeah. Yeah, they just going for the hotel room. I never thought about it like that. I mean, shoot, that was funny. And yeah, people, yeah, they just do it for fun because you got people on there talking about, yeah, I'm a doctor. And yeah, I got this business going. And I'm like, what are you doing on here trying to win $20,000? Embarrassing yourself on TV, looking stupid. Situation. Even though we tried to get on there. <laughs> Crazy. I can't do it. Another news that nobody cares about. Um, before we get into the real stories, um, I'm a big Timberwolves fan. If you, nobody knows, Minnesota Timberwolves. I try to watch every single minute of every single game. You. Um, and it's a lot of losses that we take it right. We take a lot of L's, but we're getting better. We're growing. It's just we keep, you know, one guy hurt and the other guy hurt. Then Carl, you know, he's going through a lot mentally. Y'all can be healthy the whole season. Every single one of them wouldn't make a difference. I predict right here, right now, <laughs> April 20th, 2021, the Timberwolves mm -hmm. will make the, the playoffs next year. I'm saying it right now. We're going to make it, and we're not going to be an eight seed. I'll tell you that right now. The Timberwolves. The Vikings going to make it next year, too. Yeah. All the way to the Super Bowl. Every year, and we're going to win it. The Vikings will win the Super Bowl next year. But uh, something that I came across that was funny, it also made me think, uh, which is what I like to do when I, I hear about these stories, is that Anthony Edwards said he doesn't know who Alex Rodriguez is. Um, now, the big story is A-Rod and Mark Laurie are buying the Minnesota Timberwolves from owner Glenn Taylor. Glenn Taylor, we all know, owns Star Tribune. He owns the Timberwolves. And he owns the Minnesota Lynx. He's selling it. Uh, and for the next so you're going to tell people who that dude is before you continue? Mark Laurie? No. Super Billionaire? Edwards. Anthony Edwards? Oh. Yeah. If you, you don't know who talk, Anthony Edwards You're just talking is. like everybody watches the Timberwolves, which you the only one, so. 
Anthony Edwards was the number one draft pick last year in the 2020 NBA draft out of Georgia University. Thank you. Uh, he's going to be the rookie of the year this year. The boy is amazing. If you haven't watched him play ball, it's fun. The boy is he coming off the on, bench or is he starting? Oh, he's starting. And he dunks on everybody and he doesn't care. And he, he plays like my character in NBA 2K21, which is why I like Anthony Edwards because I'm a slasher. I'm a two-way, two-way slasher, right? Actually, I'm a, a two-way something. You know, anyway, but I dunk a lot in the game. And Anthony Edwards, he shoot threes, but he dunks a lot. And he'll dunk on anybody at any given time. He's fun to watch. So he's going to be the star of the NBA in the future, right? He's doing 30, 40-point games already. He's going to be a star. <clears throat> like Kobe, LeBron, status star. He's going to be a star. So he said they don't know who Alex Rodriguez is. Alex Rodriguez and Mark Laurie are buying the Timberwolves. So everybody thought it was funny. But what I'm upset about is that Kevin Garnett has been trying to buy the Timberwolves for seven years. And Glenn Taylor uh, refuses to sell him the team. Matter of fact, if y'all remember when he came back before he retired to play for the Timberwolves, before Glenn Taylor, before uh, Flip Flip passed away, Flip Saunders, the head coach of the Timberwolves, passed away. Mm -hmm. uh, they promised Kevin Garnett that they were going to eventually sell the team to him. And that was a part of the lure of him coming back to play his last season there because he was going to sell tickets, get fans invited, involved in the games, and then they were going to put him in the ownership group. Well, they changed their mind. Um, at the end of that season and didn't sign him on, didn't give him any kind of ownership. You know, they still have not retired Kevin Garnett's jersey for the Timberwolves. They retired Kevin Garnett's jersey in Boston two seasons ago. Minnesota they Timber retired Kevin Garnett's jersey? Timberwolves Timber Timber have not retired Kevin Garnett's jersey. Now, nobody wears 21, but they won't retire his jersey. Best thing they can do to Timberwolves is to get rid of the owner. I was I thought that for a while. Owners can be a detriment to any team. Okay, how talented they are, but the owner is the one that infuses the attitude to the team. You know, the owner don't have the right attitude. The team ain't gonna have the right attitude, and everybody's gonna be there for themselves. And I think that'll be a good thing. Get rid of him. I mean, because what teams do we have except to the Lynx? The Lynx was the team that he had that was winning. Every and year. I, and I think he, that was the only reason that was because he just said, oh, I'm not going to get involved with these women players. They are beast. Yeah. Now that's my – I like – that's my favorite WNBA team was Lynx. Yeah. By far. If Maya Moore ever come back. Yeah, well, she's she out here back. in love and doing – God's work in the field. And I just feel like bad. It. Like, why he wasn't selling to Kevin Garnett? You know, whenever whenever you think about the Timberwolves, you think about Kevin Garnett. Not only that, KG got – he'll have A-Rod money, but the people he was working with got just as much money as anybody else is going to offer him. Listen, the Timberwolves need an organizational development consultant. <laughs> and if you know what that is, that's somebody that comes in, analyzes the actual uh, organization – and then finds its issues and either works with the company hand in hand or they just come in and just 
figure it out themselves and they display and come and give them a um a presentation on what they found was the issue but they got some issues it's either individuals group organization one of the three the the organizational development consultant will find out where the problem is so is it the players yeah, is it the coaches the, or is it the, the organization office. right it's, yeah it's definitely in the offices because they've had too much talent on that team not to be able to do nothing I feel bad for Big Cat because you see people like Joel and B shining and you know what I'm saying? It's like they keep dissing Carl Anthony Towns like he not the truth. But if you watch yeah. him play, he the truth. He 25-12 every night. He hitting from everywhere on the court. Like he just ain't never had the support. And I don't know. Does he look like Antonio Dion? Just like my nephew Antonio. Yes. <laughs> Is okay, twin. Like, that boy looked just like Antonio. Twin. Mm -hmm. Antonio is twin, Carl Anthony Towns. And they both tall, so I know everywhere Antonio go, they be asking him, is that Carl Anthony Towns? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and my other nephew, Jaquez, look just like Giannis Antetokounmpo. Like, yeah, he does. They look like twins. Like him and Antetokounmpo look that. just alike. I can definitely <laughs> see that. And Jaquez like 6'4", too. All right, uh, my family just came in. Yeah, I don't know, man. They need to get a boy, Kevin Garnett, some love. I think it's bogus how they do. Um, in other news, that's that's much more serious, much more important that I wanted to talk about uh, is Maxine Waters. Mm -hmm. now, have you guys heard or seen um, the comments that Maxine has made and the backlash that she's receiving uh, from those comments that she's made. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So for those who have not, um, maybe I'm going to start playing videos. I got some loaded, but I'm not going to do that. But Maxine, but I should have just start playing videos. It'll help for the YouTube, but the podcast, I don't know how it's going to work on for people who listen to the podcast. And we got like a good six people that listen on a consistent basis. So shout out to those six people. <laughs> <laughs> that I don't know that listen on a consistent basis. I appreciate y'all. That all six? Yeah, and they listen um, through the podcast mostly. Oh, so man. YouTube, I don't, I got to promote YouTube. I'm going to do that this week. Um, but most of our listeners listen via podcast. So <clears throat> I'll shout out to y'all. But um, Maxine Waters said that She's tired, pretty much, is what she was saying. To summarize what she was saying. Now, of course, you know, they want to say that she sold the people to get more confrontational and stay on the street. But, of course, what they do is they take words out of context and blow them up and try to create a narrative. And what Maxine Waters was actually telling people is that we have to confront the system of justice and that we should not just go home and sit in the house and that we should not just stand by and shut up and not protest and not not uh, let the voices be heard. And and she was saying some really powerful words that they try to construe as uh, inciting the riot, uh, mm -hmm. right? And they try to hit her with the same thing they hit Donald Trump with. Being mm -hmm. not only that, but according to the judge in the Derek Chauvin case, he said that the words of Maxine Waters could be used 
to declare a mistrial in the case against Derek Chauvin. Yeah, but he dismissed. Well, he said they could be used on appeal, not mistrial. Yeah, on appeal. On appeal, but that's that's the same thing. Yeah, same thing. Like, why would that have to do? What does that have to do with Derek Chauvin putting his knee on the back of that man's neck for nine minutes and thirty seconds? That's just uh, Trumpians in action, trying to justify Trump by vilifying her. Trump had people attack the the government of the United States of America. All these people, all she said was, if they come back with a non-guilty verdict, then we need to hit the streets and stay on the streets. Now, if that, if this trial comes into a non-guilty verdict and people are on the streets, they're not going to say, hey, we're, I, would, I haven't heard this on CNN. They're not going to say I'm out here on the streets because of what Maxine Waters said. They're going to no. say we're out here on the streets because it was an unjust trial. There's no way in the world this man can be found not guilty with all the evidence that's been piled up. They found a, that other um, Somalian police guilty. Not one piece of video evidence, not one, only one witness, and he was found guilty within a week or so. I mean, it, it was so quick. I don't even remember when the trial was. But this guy had the witness was the other police officer, his partner. Yeah. And he said she came out of nowhere too. Yeah. So, you know, this system is, is just jacked up because, you know, there's no way. They got so much video evidence, it's ridiculous. They got cameras from every angle <laughs> with video and audio recording everything that's doing. And they're still trying to say, you know, if they still come out and say he's innocent, that that's that every that's enough to make anybody get out on the street, start destroying stuff. Then what's the use? I mean, what is the use of even going to court? What's because this whole country is founded, you know, the uh the only reason that people want to come to this country to do to to serve safe get rich or whatever is based on the government that we have to protect people's interests and protect people's uh make people feel safe and secure behind the government but it only works for certain people it don't work for everybody although it might be better than what most countries have you know everything is corrupt because all these people coming here are coming from corrupt countries from corrupt nations or from poor countries or poor nations. But our, gov- our, our status is built on just a just system. But it's never been a just system for Black people. And they've been getting away with it for so long. I think because Derek Chauvin's defense is the worst defense. I've, I've never heard anybody so bad on, uh-huh. on, on a lawyer, doing a, a defense for a lawyer. I mean, that was, it just looked like he's throwing the case. I was like, he must be trying to pretend, you know, purposely throw the case so that he can come back and say, uh, it's a mistrial because I didn't have adequate defense. That's what I thought it was. Have I you watched Trump's, did you watch Trump's uh, second impeachment trial? Oh, <laughs> that one was funny. Uh, they didn't even <laughs> try to defend that. that was, they, no, no his defense did. He tried to go, he was, he was terrible. It was terrible. Because they, they already knew they ain't going to convict him. They didn't have to do nothing anyways. Yeah. yeah, they already knew the Republicans got the House, got the Senate. They'll never vote against Trump. 
They already knew that yeah. going in. So he didn't, they, that defense was just play acting, you know, trying to get people to record so they can get a job somewhere else trying to defend somebody. But yeah. they knew, I mean, but it's the same, it's just the same old thing going over and over and over and over. Yeah, because with Max, no, go ahead, I'm sorry. No, go ahead. No, I was just saying with the Maxine thing for me, I feel like um, I was having a conversation about this literally yesterday and uh, we can't think that we can do the same things that other people can. And we know who we mean by other. Um, but we but can't, we don't, we don't have that. So, and that's why I said like, we can't, for example, when Trump was in office, a lot of the Republicans and things like that weren't calling out certain things, didn't care about anything with sexual assault, didn't care about a lot of things or whatever the case may be. When it's somebody that's a Democrat, then they flip it in the exact same sentence that Trump can say, they'll vilify a Democrat for saying, right? The thing is, is that for me is that we have to, we know this, we have to understand that. So even though we don't like it, even though it's not fair, we still have to think smarter. Like, I know it's not fair that I have to do certain things as a black man when I enter a store, but I'm not going to sit here and not do it and act like, oh, I know my rights because you're going to get the results. And, and that's what I'm saying. Even when the situation, like she didn't say anything wrong, but you need to make sure that you're careful with the particular words that you're using, because all you're going to do is give them fuel to their fire. So you may not be saying anything wrong, but you have to be especially cautious because you don't, you can't say, well, he said this, they don't care. It doesn't matter. They're not, once again, they're not playing soccer with their, with their feet. They're playing it with their hands. They're picking up the ball, running down the court, running down the field, excuse me, and throwing it in the goal and they're counting it as a, and they're counting it. Right. Point. Right. So we can't sit there and act like we can pick up the ball. Cause as soon as we pick up the ball, so that's what I'm saying. So right now, what happens is a lot of situations. In some situations, we need to pick up the ball and run. In some situations, we can we can get away with a lot of different things that they're doing. Sometimes we act way too passive, right? But in these particular situations, you know what they can do and you know what they will do. So we need to be careful on which ways that we speak because these people will use anything against us. I know for sure as well. I try to make sure I pick my words very wisely. If I didn't say it, I didn't mean it period. Like, and that's, that's my whole thing. I don't like speaking between the lines. I don't do any of that crap. Right. So if somebody knows me, they know I don't speak between the lines because that's irritating to me. Well, I thought you were saying, did I say that? No, if I didn't say it, I didn't mean it. So in these situations, you have to be very, 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 very careful on how you say certain things to get your point across. If you mean that you just wanted people to get in the streets and protest, then you need to say that. Because if you're talking about, yeah, let's go out and be confrontational, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, that's what they yeah. did. They, gotcha. they said gotcha. With, uh, you proved to me water. that that, I can prove to you that that confrontation does have an aspect of violence. You can prove to me, you can try to say, well, I didn't mean that part of it, but it's still a part of that word's definition to a degree. Right. So that's not the whole definition. That's not how it's actually defined, but you can interpret confrontation as violence. So let me ask that's you all this, they this. need. So even with she with her saying that, yeah. Um do you agree? Not with the confrontation part, but do, do you agree yeah. with the fact that 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 we need to stay listen, 
stay with the protest, keep, Check keep this out. in the streets. I think we're thinking very limited right now. If George for George Floyd case in this situation, if Derek isn't found guilty, the world is going to erupt. We keep acting like the world wasn't protesting when 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 that situation happened to George Floyd. We we keep forgetting so quickly that the world literally had people in the streets protesting Black Lives Matter. I can't breathe when George Floyd went 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 down, right? So I think that we're we're looking at this in a small spectrum. And that's why I think we may not realize it, but everybody in that courtroom did. Everybody in that police station did, they knew that this isn't the time to put up that blue wall. That's why this is the first case in history where you'll see cops going against their own cop. And I'm talking about everybody from the top down to the janitor was like, yeah, I ain't trust him either. When I used to sweep by his desk, he would act funny. Like everybody, <laughs> everybody turned on this man because if he's not found guilty, the world will explode. And the people in power do not want the world to explode because that takes away their control. So if this, if this jury doesn't convict this man, I don't, I don't see how the world doesn't blow up in anger. So let, and frustration. So let me ask you this, then, right? Let me ask you too, Dad. What do you think? What do you predict? I know we're still talking about Maxine Waters, uh, but uh, we could transition in Derek Chauvin because that's very relevant. Uh, Derek Chauvin's case just went to jury uh, this Friday for deliberation. Uh, it was just, no, just, it was just uh, Tuesday. Yesterday. I mean, yeah, yeah, not Friday. I mean, Monday night. Monday. Monday, it was yesterday. Yeah. yeah, so they just went to jury deliberations on Monday, yesterday. And, uh, you know, what do you think? There's six white jurors, six jurors that are, are, are multi-ethnic, um, some black, some mixed with some other. Uh, so the jury is predominantly a white jury. Do you predict that they either find him guilty, not guilty, or a mistrial? There's no way in the world they cannot find him guilty. Yeah. Now, that's, that's talking for real, serious, for real. However, we we can look at things. This that's that's what I'm saying. It's it's just sad now. You know, it's all the anger that's gone and frustration. It's gone past that. It's got to be just sad that we can even think. Well, we know that all the evidence and the, the prosecution had a great case and defense was weak and they proved their case. But you can never tell. We what what does that mean? You can never, that's what the jury is supposed to look at, what the evidence was brought before them in court. The case was about Derek Chauvin's charge of murder. In this case, even they got three counts they can use, they can either get him on all, I think he should be charged with all three. You know, but uh, he's at least gonna get one. That's the minimum. Yeah, yeah, I, I think, I don't know, Aaron, are you serious what you think? I. The only, this is the first time that I only think that he'll be found um, guilty. And he might be found guilty of all three. And this only goes back to what I just said before. It's because of the ramifications of him, of a not guilty. Like towns across the world will go up personally. That's what I think. 
So I don't think it's just going to be a, we're just going to be upset about it and then that's it. Or there's just going to be one isolated incident like in LA with the riots where it happened. Like, I don't think that's going to happen because no. this situation is no longer just about that town or that community. This situation is literally about us as black people and us as, and, and everybody that's been oppressed around the world. And that's why this got so much attention. That's why this case particularly is on the news and we're talking about it right now is because the magnitude of it. So the only reason why I feel like it's going to be a guilty verdict and possibly a guilty verdict on all three counts is because of that alone. It has nothing to do with what the what the lawyer said, it has nothing to do with the evidence, has nothing to do with the videos. I don't think that has anything to do with it personally. That's just me. Because obviously we all know video doesn't mean anything. There's been videos of how many different situations where people have gotten off, right? But for me, I think it's because of the magnitude of the possibility of what could happen if there was a not guilty, the money that could be lost. And that's the only thing that matters in, in, in this world is the, is the money. The possibility of the amount of money that could be lost is the only reason why there could be a guilt. There's the only, that's the only reason why there's going to be you a know guilt. What? I don't really, I don't, I don't know why, but I don't think it's going to be no riots. For what? found not guilty. Yeah, I, Oh, there's going to be. Oh, yeah, I, have, Did you write down, yeah, have you written down Lake Street lately? Yeah, I, No, I ain't been. No, they pro they protesting out here. They're no. protesting at the Capitol in Sacramento. If you go down Lake Street, there's National Guard on almost every other block. Yeah. From Chicago to the bridge. They got National Guard on Lake Street every day. So it's going oh, up. It's, it's gonna it's gonna be some flames. But if they if the problem is if they if they find him guilty based on what might happen outside the court, mm -hmm. there's this case for an appeal. There's this case for a mistrial. There's they, it's it's a no win. No, situation. like they won't just literally say he's not guilty oh, because of things on the outside. But what I'm trying to say is that. We're, they're going to play as if they found it guilty based off of the information, but, but that's not the real situation. What they're saying is 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 really kind of what I lean to what I think might happen in this situation, right? Because it's always, it's 12 jurors. So you got yeah. 12 people. You only need one person, one person to say, I don't think he did it. He's not guilty of this. And the whole, the whole thing goes away, right? You only need one. You don't need have you only I need one. So I think if even if like they all say okay he's guilty, right? And then they all get the book deal, that they all get the interview, somebody's gonna say, I'm I thought that if I didn't say he was guilty, that the world was gonna go crazy and there was so much pressure that I didn't know that I didn't think I could choose anything else. And then that's gonna be his way to when to go no. back to the field. About that, the thing that's strange about that is the judge should have asked that question already. He should have, just like what happened when they gave the uh, $27 million judgment against uh, but the you know they, city they council. About that. The judge said, stop the trial. Let's go back and question each one of these jurors and see if that, if that judgment affects their decision-making. And they the did, and they had to get rid of two people. They should have did the same thing when this happened, when that boy was shot and killed. But see, the judge told them, 
I think I've already instructed them not to watch no TV or nothing. So they should be fine. Remember, they asked them, they said, well, do you think that they've been getting pressure? And do you think they've been watching the news and seeing that how many National Guards is out there and that the riots could ensue? And because Dante Wright just got killed, they asked the judge that and he told them that I already told them not to watch TV and they're sequestered. So we're not going to bring that up. So exactly what you're saying, the judge denied it. I don't like this judge. I don't trust yeah. him. I don't trust him. But see, he already set it up. He's already been setting up the defense's case for mistrial or for appeal and everything else because that should have been addressed directly to the jury because that's a, that's a, that's that's even more important than the $27 million case. So they've gotten all these things. But the thing is, they should not, I don't see how any person can say that there is reasonable doubt. What is the possible reasonable doubt could be for anybody on that jury? There is none. What what reasonable? You know, if they said that it was a oh he had a carbon monoxide. Well, how did he get carbon monoxide? Because he had his head slammed in front of the muffler. <laughs> so he's guilty of that too. You know, if you have a heart attack because somebody's stepping on your neck, well, you're guilty. Well, I don't the care thing what about it is. carbon monoxide, the the lawyer prosecution, he was like, "Did you even know the car was on or off?" Right. <laughs> like they you don't even know, know what the you're car talking was on. Right and he said the car was a it was a hybrid. hybrid. Like you so, don't even, but you don't even know. But that's some like that stuff is just bad be him being a bad defense lawyer that's all that was but was that witness terrible. was just weak he didn't even know anything about the case he didn't know no. nothing he was he just, just got on the airplane and jumped up here and got on the witness stand and then when the prosecutor started to redirect it to him he was like um well no well no i don't know that no well how do you get up there you're supposed to know you're an expert witness. He's a race soldier. That's all he was. He was there to show the other. He was there for those uh, suspected white supremacists to cheer. Yeah, that's all. And he looked. He looked just like a Klansman to me. Suspected but. white supremacist. This uh, the George Floyd situation. Uh, the case is coming to a close. Hopefully, we uh, we get the verdict. This case but, should be over by Thursday. Yeah, hopefully it doesn't last long. Um, also, Dante Wright, the police officer potter that killed Dante Wright, has been charged with second degree um, manslaughter. Mm -hmm. um, with which, the full pension. Which I'm kind of upset about. And uh, we all seen the video. I got it. I'm not going to play it. I want to. Just letting y'all know I'm fighting the urge. But I will play this other video. So we got the video of uh, at, what's the dude's name? What's the old man name? TBN. What you're talking about? Um, was it Pat Summer or something? Where they were. Uh, Pat Robertson? Pat Robertson. Where he was talking about the difference between a gun and a taser and how the police officer should have known better. And uh, Sean King commented, the hell is freezing over because, you know, he said something against the police. And Pat Robertson is famous for. Um, Stick about the police when George Floyd died. You know, he he didn't he was on the police side. He, you said he's he famous for being racist. Is that what you said? Yeah. No, no, he. I wouldn't say that. He kind of. I, I will. I'll say yeah. anything else. I wouldn't say that. Yeah, he's a preacher, but he. he so when he said that, that was funny. Mm -hmm. um, 
I don't trust him. But I think it's more, and we touched on this before as well, I think it's more of a, a problem with Minnesota that now the country is seeing versus uh, anywhere else. Because if you think about any big, big police murder, it started with us. Black Lives Matter started with North Minneapolis shooting uh, Jamar Clark. And you remember he was handcuffed when the police officer shot him because he was arguing with his white girlfriend and the police officer didn't like that. So that started with Jamar Clark. We have Philando Castile. Uh, it's another guy's name, I forget. Uh, we had the- oh, well, really, The really thing that's, that's just, a, that really solidifies what we're saying is we had another white, a white guy in Minnesota, not too far from the Twin Cities, Went into a, a Menards, I think it was. And he didn't he, want to wear a mask. The guy he didn't, he didn't want to wear a mask. He grabbed a, a, a piece of wood and a hit, busted him upside the head. A hammer. With it was a piece a of wood. A hammer. It was a, it was a hammer. Then he goes outside. The police try to accost him. He drags the police across the parking lot with his car, using his car as a lethal weapon. And nobody shot. The police got loose from that. Then he tried to hit the police with a hammer. And guess what? They arrested him. Uh, Hutchinson officer was assaulted while trying to arrest a suspect. The suspect attempted to drive away with the officer hanging out of his window, later even striking the officer with a hammer. Our Crystal Bowie spoke with the police chief about this dangerous arrest. This all started when Hutchinson police say they received a call for an assault Wednesday afternoon. This man, Luke Olchenbruns, allegedly beating a Menards employee with some lumber. Police say the 61-year-old fled and eventually Officer Steven Sickman spotted the vehicle. At which time the, the driver of the vehicle or the vehicle itself uh, refused to stop which resulted in a, a low speed pursuit. One thing led to another, but once police caught up, we seen a white truck, an officer like latched on trying to get him out. Um, and then all of a sudden we just seen the officer still on there and the vehicle trying to back into two police cars trying to get out. Police say Sickman's arm was stuck in the driver's window. Sickman then pulled out his emergency rescue hammer to try and free his arm. But then somehow, during that struggle, the suspect was able to get that that hammer. Police say Olchenbruns repeatedly struck Sickman on the head. Other officers were finally able to move in and arrest Olchenbruns, and Sickman was rushed to the hospital. They said eventually he was arrested. How you be eventually arrested? <laughs> that means he got away. Went home, and they must have went went and got him. Went and arrested him. Or well, mass shooters are safer. With the police, white yeah. mass shooters are safer with the police than uh, an unarmed black male. Yeah, yeah. that's that's Minnesota. That's fact. Minnesota no, that's nice. World. That's the world. Yeah. So there's another video, um, and it's a video of a white man and the police run up on him on the side of his vehicle, and he has a gun. And uh, yeah, that old video. He was in like the pickup truck. Yeah, I don't know. The red pickup older. truck. Yeah, it's a little older. It's like a red pickup truck. Yeah, it's older. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
but he was like, I'll shoot you. So what I'm going to do <laughs> is I'm going to drive away. Now get off of me and I'm going to shoot you if you don't. And he just drives off. Yeah, Dan, have you seen this video? He's going back and forth. All right, hold on. I'm going to share my screen right now so you can see it because I want to show you this other video too. Yeah. Get to clicking right. in the clacking. Get to clicking in the clacking. Yeah, I can see it now. I need you to relax for real. I will shoot you because the guy's a threat. Let go of me. You just put your hand on a gun, sir. Okay. He just said you put your hand on a gun. He ain't even got his gun out. Mm -mm. Whoa, whoa. Hey, hey, get out of the car, man. You got a gun right there. Whoa, whoa. There's, the rights. there's rights. There. Get out. There are rights for this. You have a there are rights there. Whoa, get out. Up right there. It's open, so my hands are up. My hands are up. Oh, no, you got it. You got on body cam. You have body cam, sir. Put your hands over your eyes. You have body cam. Put your hands over your eyes. Body cam, sir. Put your hands over your eyes. I will send this dog on you. I will shoot you. Don't go. Get your ass out. You put up right your hands. You have right too. Don't you dare. You have right to Don't you dare. You have right to You As we see, he just see, uh, on, okay. just took the whole. He took off. He took off. He didn't care nothing about getting shot. He didn't fear. He put his hand on his pistol, mm -hmm. and that's the type of that's the type of energy we have. But that's not like unnormal though. You know, that's like a normal thing. Like, we've seen that a lot. Yeah. We see that a lot. White people uh, get to go to jail. Yeah. That's get to go to trial. Black that's people that try the jury, the judge, and the tri execution happens right at the scene. All at the police. Yeah. So what I was saying that before, because it happens in Minnesota a lot, but last week we talked about Brooklyn Center. Last week we talked about how uh, even mom has been pulled over driving in Brooklyn Center, right? And uh, I want Brooklyn you... Center mayor was on TV just... yesterday talking about how how black people driving is, you know, driving while black in Brooklyn Park is not a good thing. He's the yeah. mayor. And that's what I wanted to play right now. I want to play a clip of that video of the mayor uh, in Brooklyn Park saying the same thing. He was just saying, uh, just here we go. Uh, the lieutenant governor of Minnesota, and you know this, uh, tweeted a realization she has had uh, writing this. Uh, she said, as a child advocate, I am grappling with the stark reality. Minnesota is a place where it is not safe to be black. Is That's the right? lieutenant governor saying that. Mm -hmm. She's absolutely right. Well, this is something that people in my community have been grappling with for a very long time. It's not safe to drive uh, in Minnesota while, while you're black. I mean, the fact of the matter is there's so many of us who drive, you know, and, and, and if we see uh, police behind us, we're, we're afraid, you know, we're trembling. And 
that is a, a kind of terror that no no citizens of the United no citizen of the United States should ever have to face. It's it's constant. It's ever present. Have and you so have you personally, Mayor? Have you personally experienced that over these years? Absolutely, Wolf. At the hands of my own police department, even as a, uh, a student in high school playing in the park with um, other you know friends of mine, uh, multiracial group. Among uh, we, my, myself and another friend of mine were the only two black kids who were at the park that day playing. And out of nowhere, we had police officers come and uh, pick the two of us up out of the group of our friends and put us in the back of a squad, take us. And we were shown uh, to someone in a window uh, to be identified as uh, perhaps potentially criminals or something like that. But that was quite a traumatic experience. Uh, in Minneapolis, I've, I've had uh, randomly, you know, been stopped uh, because officers said I, you know, took the cart uh, out of the store and took it back in the store and got back in my car. And he was somehow concerned that maybe that meant I was dealing drugs. Uh, I've, I've had officer uh, almost throw me off my bike uh, just coming back from, from biking down the parkway uh, and, you know, saying that, you know, someone called and said they saw their neighbor's back door open and, and saw me riding down uh, the, the sidewalk uh, down the street and thought maybe for some reason I had burglarized uh, their neighbor's home, uh, which of course was not possible because I was wearing shorts and a t-shirt. Uh, so this happens all the time, you know, here in Minnesota and, and I believe it happens all over the country. This is real. It's time for a reckoning. It's time for us as a country to come together and once and for all resolve this problem. I'm very disappointed that even after the killing of George Floyd, the, uh, uh, our state legislature uh, did not pass meaningful reform. I'm very disappointed about that. And until we do, these problems are gonna continue to happen. We need real reform and we need it now. So you heard the mayor of Brooklyn Center tell his stories of being black and the sad part is, is that when you think about it as a black man and you think about all your encounters with the police and then you think every other black man, no matter who they are or what position of power they're in, has the same stories to tell. You hear it all the time about rich people and until they figure out who they, Kevin Hartman said he got pulled over until they realized he was Kevin Hart. The same thing happened to him, the mayor of St. Paul, whose dad, Mayor Melvin Carter, whose father is a police officer, say he'd been pulled over so many times in his youth that day, and his dad is the police. And he said he was pulled over on a regular basis all the time. You know what I'm saying? And now he's the mayor in the same city that used to pull him over, just like the mayor of Booker City, the same mayor who if they don't recognize him as the mayor, when they pull him over, they're gonna treat him just like the rest of us. And that's just sad, man. Because it don't make, it doesn't make any sense. It's real. And like you and me, Aaron, like we, we've said before several times, we've had situations where there was a stint where I know I got pulled over at least a hundred times in one year and I didn't get no tickets. And like we always say that one time where literally I got pulled over, he checked my car 
And then literally when he got done finishing with me, you just happened to drive past and he saw you and then pulled you right over. You weren't speeding. You weren't doing anything illegal. He just saw you and didn't realize that you was my brother and we was both just going home. So, I mean, there's a lot of situations where you got handcuffed. I, I'll tell you a story about, I went to White Castles off of Robert Street one night, right? Just late night, just going to get some White Castles, whatever the case may be, right? This is when I was living in St. Paul, I believe. Or, yeah, I believe I was living in St. Paul. So I went to White Castles, just grabbed some food, and there was a shooting outside. I'm talking about pop, pop, pop. So I go in, order my food. This ain't got nothing to do with me. Um, so I'm ordering my food, whatever the case may be. It's the first time White Castles is quick. I get my food. I go outside. The police is driving around. They pull up to me, talking about freeze. Pull their guns out. My hands is up. I, I drop my food. They talking about they, they thought I did it or they thought I knew who did it. They handcuffed me, put me in the back of the car, took me down to the station and questioned me and had me there for over 13 hours. There was no nothing. And 99% of that time, I just sat in the room. And then they came in, do you know who did it? No. Did what? There was a shooting. I, I was in White Castles. I have a receipt, fool. Like, that was my whole thing. Like, you saw me just come out. How can I shoot somebody and then order uh, two sliders and some chicken rings? Like, that's not, that's not possible. I can't do both of those things at the same time. But they didn't care. You were black. They didn't care. So it was like, well, you know who did it. You know who did it. And I was like, what? You had to be guilty. Yeah, you black. On the west side, you guilty. That was it. And imagine trying to explain that to your girl at the time that you just went disappeared for 13 hours, but ain't got no record or nothing. Yeah, all right. Ain't no police report. Ain't no complaints you can order in. Because you're going to complain to who? Them? And then what they going to do with it? And throw it, like, ain't nothing you can do about it. You just got to take that. Well, why ain't you file a, a complaint? To complain to them about them, really? How does that work? You tell me how that works out. How are you going to complain to them about What's going to happen when you complain? They're going to tell you they're sorry? No, they're just going to harass you even more. Now they flag you and, and pull you over even more because now you're trying to be a troublemaker. Yeah. But people don't understand that process. They just think you can just do the right thing. So, yeah, man, like, I, I mean, we've all been harassed by the police, slammed up by the police. Yeah, I just got pulled over a couple of weeks ago. I was coming out of uh, Candyland, downtown St. Paul. Mm -hmm. I was pulling out, out of the park, getting ready to get onto the Wabashaw. The patrol car pulled up to side me. I looked at him, and he looked at me. Like, I knew right then. That's all it takes. He finna pull me over. So I turned this on Seventh Street. And sure enough, he zoomed behind me and pulled me over, closed the lights. Then he just pulled up to the side of me and said, "You, you ain't had no seatbelt on." I said, "I, I got my seatbelt on. I just didn't have it around my shoulder because I didn't want it." He said, "No, you gotta put it on your shoulder." I'm like, "All right." So I mean, he just looked at me and said, "I'm gonna pull him over." Because <laughs> he was smiling. He's smiling the whole time. Have, like, this is fun. You can have a lap belt and it's legal. I drove buses. We go, You only use a lap belt on the city bus and you good. You don't need a shoulder belt. So on, the, on the, in your own personal car, 
you can only use a lap belt and still be yeah it's, a seat, your seat it's called a seat belt not a lap yeah. belt yeah, you don't need a shoulder harness to have a lap belt on yeah they just find any reason yeah so he was just smiling the whole time yeah okay i'm gonna let you go i'm like yeah and they act like they're doing you a favor yeah he act like he did you a favor by letting you go. He did because he, he let me live. I guess. So. All right. You know, I didn't that's kill right. you, so you you ought to be glad. <laughs> and that's exactly what I was going to ask you guys too: is stories of times that because we didn't get into this last week, um, but you know, with the mayor telling his personal stories, I just wanted to know if you guys had any personal stories of interaction that you had with the police and and Reggie. You just told a really good one that I didn't even know that. Like, I never yeah. knew you was detained for 13 hours mm-hmm. coming out of the yeah, west side of White Castle. Yeah, I never knew that. No, 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 I just took it on the chin, man. And I had, and once again, like I said, literally with my girlfriend at the time, I already had a headache as it was, man. Yeah. And it, I just did, I was just tired. Like, I, whatever, man. And I just chalked it up. But it happens all the time. And once again, you know, I get, I, I got pulled over so many times, it just became normal to me. And I just got used to it. So if I complain to you guys about every single time I got harassed by every the cops, Thank you. you guys would lose count. Literally. Literally. Uh, Dad, do you got any uh, any stories other than the one you just told about uh, any interactions that you've had, uh, good or bad, with the uh, police where you felt like you, maybe it was an unwarranted interaction? Or it was warranted? Well, I got plenty of bad. I've never had a good interaction with the police. I cannot think of a good interaction that I've had with the police. And that's that's pitiful. Yeah. I mean, I'm 65 years old, though, and I have never had a good interaction with the police. I remember I took, uh, took love, took Aaron III to the library. We was at the library. And uh, outside in the parking lot, they had the police cars and the fire engines, you know, for the kids to come and look at it and play around with. So we was, I took him over to the police car and the policeman said, yeah, you want to get in, get inside the police car? And he started to put him in the back seat. I'm like, nah, you ain't putting him in no back seat. You, if you want to get in here, you're going to get in the front seat. Right. He said, he ain't, why, why would you put him in the back seat of the police car? Like he's supposed to be in the back seat. I'm like, no, nah, you're not putting my, my grandson in the back seat right, of the police car. You never see the back seat of the police Yeah, I'm like, if you want to get in there, he can sit in the front seat. And then he's like, nah, he can't sit up there. We got too much equipment. That's crazy because the fire department let him sit in the front seat of the fire yeah. truck. Yeah. They'll let you sit straight in the front seat behind the steering wheel the whole time. I've seen the other I've seen them had other kids in the front seat of that police car. Mm-hmm. He just he just wouldn't let Aaron sit in there. You know, he just opened up the back door and said, Hey, you want to get in? Like, no, nah, he don't want to get in. That's stupid. That's stupid. Yeah, I didn't I done had too many interactions with the police to even to even begin to try to remember all of them. Like all of them, I could never remember all of them. I'll tell y'all one story though that uh it kind of reminded me of Reggie's story. Uh one day I was at the house, uh I, I had my own apartment, right? I stayed on Sherman. And I'm at Sherman, and uh, I think I'm bringing my clothes to mom's house, mom and dad's house to wash clothes. So I'm putting clothes in the Suburban. And that's when I had white boy. I was named my Suburban white boy. 
So I'm putting the clothes in the back of the truck. Now I'm getting ready to go to mom and dad's house. So I pack all these clothes up, put them in the back of the truck. Uh, I pull off from my parking lot. And for some reason, I was going to drive through downtown. I was driving, and I, I went through downtown like, instead of getting down Sherman. Oh, maybe it was flooded. Sherman, you know, Shepherd Road sometimes floods. So from my crib, I could have took Shepherd Road, jumped on 61, but I couldn't take Shepherd Road. So anyway, I just remember going there, but the whole town of police was watching me, and I didn't notice. So I get pulled over downtown right across the street from the old Quest building um, where I used to work at. So I get pulled over. I'm like, what's going on? It's like five, six police cars. They in undercover cop cars, the whole nine. I'm like, what's going on? So they put your hands up. They block the whole street off. I'm downtown St. Paul. The whole street is blocked off. So it's a heck of cars outside. So they got me, my hands is up, get down on the ground. I get down on the ground, my hands behind my back. They handcuff me. They say, you got a warrant for your arrest. I said, what? What are you talking about? What's your ID? I get my ID, place in my back pocket. You got to grab it. So they looking for Daryl. Right, we're looking for Daryl Horn. You going to get the boy's government name on the pocket? I'm, I'm, I don't like him. This anymore. brother. I could care less about him. This boy right? here. Daryl Jamal. No, I'm saying. <laughs> so that's what the police tell me, right? They're like, I'm looking for Daryl Horn. I'm like, this is my ID. It's definitely not Daryl. What are you talking about, fam? I'm not him. They got a picture of the warrant sheet, right? So when they when they looking for a warrant, you know how the police carry pictures of the people with their information? So it's a picture of him up there. And, you know, it got his height like 5'7", weight like 220, you know what I'm saying? A picture of him. Then they got me in custody. I'm six foot, uh, 340, uh, and we totally different, but we both black. So they took me to jail anyway. The whole time, Daryl's in jail in Iowa. The whole time he's in jail, but he had a warrant and they used my address. So when they seen me taking the clothes and putting them in the back of the truck, they thought I was running away. So that's why they was watching my house because they had my address as one of his last known addresses. I don't know why, but they had my house as one of his last known addresses. Um, probably because he got arrested in my parking lot before that. But anyway. <laughs> so, oh, snitch with the name, it'd be Aaron, I tell you. Oh, man. Yeah, they took me to jail. I went to downtown uh, Ramsey County. I was sitting in jail for maybe six hours while they ran my fingerprints to prove that I wasn't Daryl Horn, who they had in jail in Iowa, who looks nothing like me, and we don't have the same name. Now they just wanted to get your fingerprint. Yeah. To make sure that they could check you against any other crimes out there in the world. And that's really what they was doing. Because if you know I got my license and my identification, and I look like the person on ID, and that's not who you're looking for, and... I don't have any drugs, any weapons. I don't have anything on me. Why then would you still take me to jail, handcuffed, process me, book me, have me sit in there for six hours, and then release me? Other than the fact that, like Dad said, they was running my fingerprints. They wanted to put me in the system, and then they wanted to see if I had anything 
uh, any warrants or anything that they could just come across. You were guilty by association. Yeah, they took me to jail quick, fast, and in a hurry. Mm-hmm. That's uh, why it's, you know, you gotta watch friends. I mean, you gotta watch who you're hanging out with. Just think of the guy that owned that Mercedes that uh, George Floyd had. He ain't gonna see his car for a while. They told this car in and they've been going through that using this as evidence. So he can't get that car back till after the trial. And it was one of his girlfriend's cars. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I'm just gonna run to the store and your car is gone. <laughs> Nothing you can do about it. Forever. You're guilty by association. And that's Don't something let you that's, still be making payments on it. Yeah. Oh, got problems. So that's why we always, <laughs> you know, I was trying to tell y'all, watch out who you hanging out with. Yeah, I gotta watch out who I'm hanging out with because I got a friend and he's just dangerous. He walk around with a gun all the time. I mean, he's a police officer in St. Paul, but that's neither here nor there. He's a dangerous, <laughs> dangerous man. Like no, but yeah, like little Chris, he's 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 a cop. You know, so like these things that I'm saying aren't because I don't like every single police. Obviously, my friend for over 25 years, close friend, is a police officer in St. Paul as we speak. But you have to you have to speak on things as they are. Yeah. This is what it is. So yeah. if he's there to if he sees something and he's not doing what he's supposed to do, I'm gonna call him out the same way. Happens <clears throat> all the time. Um all right, we're gonna get into one more thing and then we uh we're gonna we're gonna end the show. But um I just wanna tell y'all one more story and it transitions into our next topic, which is guns, uh, right? Which is the big thing. Uh, so same situation about the police, another story about police pulling black people over. So me and my friends are coming back from driving somewhere. I don't know where we went. We was all together. It was like six of us in a van, right? So this is when, uh, and one of my friends, I ain't, who was driving the van, I ain't seen him in like a year or something. He just came by the crib to kick it with me. And I got all the goons with me. So oh, this, Lord. Yeah, so I got all the thugs with me. And he like, I got the van. I'm sorry, all right, well, let's go hit this thing. And then we're going to come back to the crib. And we're going to chill. So we went, got some, come back. When we pull up to the house, he pulled up to the stop sign right from my front of my crib. So it's a stop sign, then you pull into the parking lot. So I guess he did a rolling stop at the stop sign and then took a right and then pulled into the parking lot and parked. So before we can get out the car, the police came from the other, a whole nother block all the way down there and swooped into the parking lot and pulled in front of us, made us all sit there. Um, in the car. So we like, why you messing with us? We getting out and he shooting, you made us get back in the car. So two of them, so it's a van. So, you know, everybody can get, get out at one time, right? So everybody back in the van, they running our names. They asking for everybody's name, ask for everybody's ID. So the same dude I just said, Dira was in the front seat. And he- uh, saying his name. Cause it's funny <laughs> and I don't care. <laughs> he, uh, I don't, I don't care about him. So he, he, uh, if I really tell you what I'm thinking, you really gonna be saying something. But I'll tell you about that because we were talking about that before we got on air about what happened at the radio station. Mm-hmm. And um, what I'm thinking is maybe he has something to do with that too. But anyway, uh, so long story short, 
he gave the police a fake name. He didn't tell us what name he gave the police, right? So he gave the police a fake name, like something like Walter Green or something. It was some Green. I remember it was Green. And the police is harassing us now. So they running everybody's name, everybody's name. They messing with us. We sitting there for 20, 30 minutes. We didn't know that he had a gun on him. He didn't tell him, about, well, he always had a gun on him. But we didn't know. So he had a gun on him and he took it out of his pocket and put it in his boot. So when he put it in his boot, the police ran his name and they couldn't find nothing. So they couldn't find a date of birth or nothing. So now he the only one that's suspicious. So they take him out the front seat of the car. Meanwhile, remind you, they didn't have no reason to pull us over in the first place other than there's six black dudes in the minivan. Mm -hmm. They take him out the car, put him in the back of the police car, running his name again. They keep asking him what his name is. He don't change his name. So they got to let him go because if they don't find him in the system, it just means he don't have no record. But they knew he had to have a record. They just assumed he'd been pulled over or got a driver's license or something, and they wouldn't let him go. So while he's in the back of the police car, he takes the gun out of his boot and put it in the back seat of the police car. Stupid. Because he didn't want to get caught with the gun on him. So the police take him out the car, put him back and tell him, get out, get back in the van. Y'all can go about y'all day. We like, we finna get out. So before we get out the second time, the police found a gun that he put in the back seat of the squad car. So they start tripping. They and now it's like so if he would have just kept the gun on him. On him, he'd have been straight. It would have been because the police told us that day that, that we taught them something, right? Because that's what we if we had big boots on, we'll keep the two-two in the boot. Everybody in our crew knew that. Police don't check your shoes. The, up until that point, the St. Paul police never checked your shoes when they arrest you. They just pat you down on your waist and let you go. So if you got boots on, you can keep the gun in your boot, they're not gonna check you. You just got to walk like you ain't walking crazy. So he took it out. The police pulled him out the car and beat him to death. Mind you, he wasn't resisting arrest. They just beat him. I've never seen somebody get hit so many times by the police in 30 seconds of my life. When I say the police beat him, then the police fell while they were swinging on him and got mad because they fell while they were swinging on him and picked him up and threw him against the garbage dumpster. And then hit him again, kicked him, and then handcuffed him, threw him in jail. They let all the rest of us go. So we go, but the police tell us. So, but you know, by this time, when the police, when he found a gun, it took another two hours before they let us go. I wish Kyra was here; she could verify the whole story because she was looking out her window watching. She, uh, they, you know, they had us stretched out on the grass for like two hours, like everybody just laying down in the grass, head down, while they searched the car. They search everybody. They didn't find nothing. They let us go. He go to jail. I said all that to say that, yeah, he was wrong for having a gun. He was stupid for putting a gun in the back of the police car. But the way that they treat black people is, is despicable because I've never seen somebody get beat because the police were scared that he could have shot them. You know what I'm saying? That was his excuse for beating him up. He said, you could have shot me. You could have killed me. And because of that, that's why he beat him up. And he told us, like, this is why I'm beating him up. Because he could have killed me. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, I done seen so many interactions with the police. And like you said, Dad, I don't think I've ever had a good reaction or interaction with the police unless it was like 
when I was a kid and they was giving away uh, candy or ice cream or something, you know what I'm saying? As an adult, I don't think I've ever had a right interaction whether I was right or wrong with the police and it, it went good. Uh, but I said that to say this, that the gun violence in America, I think is probably the number one problem, right? I got you. And the reason why I say that is because uh, other than like the police killing us and other than them saying black on black violence, you know, since March 16th, which has only been like 30, 33 days, that the United States has had at least 50 mass shootings in America. In the last 33 days, we've had, okay, so I just want to listen. In the last 33 days, we've had over 50 mass shootings in America. Mm -hmm. And I think that, you know, a lot of times when we talk about gun reform, a lot of people say, well, that's my Second Amendment, a right to carry a gun. And it's my right, and, I, and I'm supposed to have a gun. And I honestly think the older that I get, when I was younger, you, I'm, you can't take mines because I need it because everybody else got one, right? So everybody else got a gun. I need one because I don't want to die. You know what I'm saying? And I know how to aim. Well, but, the, uh, there was an argument about the Second Amendment, and that's the only reason I'm talking right now is before go you go further. Go but you're talking about the Second Amendment, and people are always talking about you can't take away my guns as Second Amendment. As though, and people think you can't change an amendment which means they don't understand the definition of an amendment. And once again, there was a, what was it? The eighth or 18th, I, the 18th amendment is prohibition. And then they had another amendment later that contradicted the amendment. I mean, obviously that amended the amendment to say you can have liquor now. I don't know the numbers, I'm going confused, but you know what I'm saying? Like we right. had amendments in there saying you can't have alcohol. Now, then there was an amendment later. We're changing that. Like, nah, that wasn't right. We changed it. Obviously, after looking through it, now it's legal to have alcohol. So that's all it is. And, it, and it's like people, people refrain. Once again, I got mine. That's what I was going to get. I was going to get my legal firearm. I got my paperwork for it. But yeah, like I was able to get mine. I got a case for it. I don't even know. Like, I'll hold on. I'll take the, the Vizios off. But, uh. I got a solution for all that. They ain't got to change no amendments. All they got to do is add a $500 tax on every bullet for these lethal weapons. All right. So I like, I got my gun case. All legal. It comes with the, where'd my lock just go? I just dropped it. Oh, comes with a lock. You have a, have to have a lock on it legally to lock the box. And then me, as a goofy man that I am, I have this, it's called, it's an FMK9 empty clip, just so you guys can see, nothing in here. Whatever the case may be, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's empty. Completely empty, right? But, right. but mine, <laughs> I don't know if you can see. <laughs> in God we trust. In God we trust. United, United States, States of America. America. And it actually has the Bill of Rights. <laughs> on the actual gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I got the most because I knew who was getting this gun, right? So I was like, let me get the same gun that they get because I know it ain't going to jam. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, I have my I have my stuff, but it's all legal. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, I have it legally purchased or whatever the case may be, so that way you can hold it up. But 
The only reason I'm showing it is because I got one because one, I'm out here by myself. Two, I went through the legal process just because I was bored one day to see how easy it is to actually purchase a gun. And it's extremely easy. Right? And then three, I don't trust nobody. They got it's easy theirs. to purchase. It's hard to find nowadays. Yeah, like once, like for me personally, like you I'm have to not, go to the auctions. Like I'm not pro gun, right? right? But there are people that are pro gun. <laughs> so if I'm not pro gun, that doesn't. They just fine with me not being pro gun because they can just take all my stuff and they cool with it. And that's you what can, I, that's what so the you issue can run up is. On me if you want, right? And and that's exactly what the issue is. Like, okay, when I when I got off probation, that's the first thing I wanted to buy. I didn't because um, I just didn't. Uh, but yeah, when I got off probation, that's the first thing I wanted to do. Like, okay, now I'm able to get me a legal gun again. Like, I could probably be a gun. But now that I'm thinking about it, right, and now that we got like 50 mass shootings in the last 30 days, I start to question whether guns are are. Are the thing that we should be, we should be having, like you know, like I don't think know. Like, of, think of it this way: if it costs Reggie two thousand dollars to load up that magazine, how careful do you think he would be with each bullet? So Chris Rock said, "Yeah, yeah, he would." But <laughs> the rich Rock people. Said. But if you rich, then that's still like okay. Yeah, well, but if you rich, rich then you ain't got no business out there shooting the bullets. You can get a bag of bullets. I mean, you can get a couple hundred rounds easily. Well, used to, yeah. but now they increase the price. But if you raise the price on the bullets, they wouldn't be no shit, no drive-bys. I don't, I don't like, know if you guys. Are, I don't know if you guys remember me talking about this um, last week about Japan. Remember, I talked about Japan and how they uh, how they don't they. They have legal weapons, but it's hard to get a gun, right? And that the entire year last year, the Japan, the whole country of Japan, only six bullets were fired by police officers um, in the whole country. Mm -hmm. And they don't have mass shootings. And they live their lives all the time, right? They, they make it every day. Japan is one of the most modern countries. So I'm, I'm just thinking like, like okay, April 18th, three people were killed and three others wounded in right. Kenosha. April 17th, one left dead, five others killed at a vigil in Columbus, Ohio, including a 12-year-old kid. So they were at a vigil for somebody else who got killed, and somebody shot up their vigil. Same thing happened April 17th in Louisiana at a 12-year-old birthday party. Nine people were shot at a 12-year-old birthday party. April 16th in Detroit. So I could go down this list. I, I got a list on CNN. I, I put the description in the website. Over 50 mass shootings. And what made me think about it was a shooting on April 15th in Indianapolis where eight people were killed at the FedEx facility. Right? And everybody was, you know, talking about that on the news. But it's been four mass shootings since then. And they characterize a mass shooting as two or two or more people uh, being shot or injured. And I was going down the list of mass shootings in the last 30 days, and at least 10 of them involved children being shot. As little as six years old, it's a one-year-old boy got shot in the head. Um, it's another lady named Latoya 
they were had a she was uh there somebody was shooting at a gas station she just happened to be driving by the street where they were shooting at and got shot in the head and died and um she didn't have nothing to do with where they were shooting at you know what i'm saying it, she just happened to be there and lost her life and um like if it's over 50 mass shootings that means in the last 30 days at least over 150 people have been shot and killed in the country in minnesota alone in the last 30 days we had at least six murders if guns aren't the problem what is the problem and what's the answer to the problem well it is guns it's guns and people like it, two things can be true at the same time. So you have people talking about the guns aren't the issue or whatever. People kill people. Yeah, but they can't kill them as much and as quickly with a knife as they, I can't, you know, I can't just sit there and throw a hundred knives at people and hope it's going to hit. Like that's not, that's not how it works. So we can't ignore the fact that the gun is a tool to use for crazy people. So the guns are the issue, right? So they need to be regulated a little bit more. They need to be there, there's literally, I don't understand the reason for some of these guns, these um, automatic, crazy AR-15s, AR and, like, there's no need for those. There's none. And there's so many other countries that don't have them that are perfectly fine. The guns themselves have an are an issue. The guns themselves are a problem. The access to guns, and I'm not talking about the legal guns, but the ones that are illegal as are the real issue or the way that you can get the guns so like once again chicago has a strict gun law but the surrounding states don't so what happens is all of these guns are just bought out of state and then brought in because these other states don't have the the laws that that uh that uh, illinois has so they talk about like the most gun violence is in states that aren't that that have the highest the strictest uh, gun laws but the problem is, is that the states around them don't. So they just go there to buy the guns and then go back to their states. It's always a, you know, and that's the issue there because the populations are so low in those states. Ain't nobody, in, there's not a high population in Kentucky. I'm sorry. There's not a high population in these other states that are Alabama, Mississippi. Texas has a high population state. Yeah, but they're also just a big state in general. So, but I mean. Hey, it's, did you know they're paying you to move to West Virginia? Yeah, they go ahead. They, try they that have out. fewer people in West Virginia now than they did in 1950. Yeah, you try that out. You tell me how it goes. Yeah, I just seen what, that. I just what seen do that they have they to offer? People to move to West Virginia. So, yeah, yeah. Like the, the gun thing is just, I, I think the, that we have to acknowledge both. Because it's a scapegoat to say not. Yeah, but there's certain guns that that's just not necessary. You know, why you need to have a gun that can shoot 30 bullets in one minute? Why? What, do you, what kind of, what kind of, are you shooting at rats or something? Mice trying to kill mice? But you got to have 30 of them. You got to shoot 30 of them at a, at a time. There's no need for those type of weapons. Yeah, so you know, they're, not, they're not hunting weapons. They're not, you know, target weapons. You know, yeah. so. Oh, my God, too. No, sir. So Listen, they, there, I don't shouldn't be a, there shouldn't be a logical reason to have all of these no. of, you know just get rid of some of them at least you know get rid of the ones that are not necessary you know that that are only there to kill as many people as you can in the shortest period of time as you can that's the only purpose for those weapons 
Yeah. Why why have them? Uh, you know, leave those then, for the military. Then you think about that's I mean that's the reason why the Second Amendment was, right? Is that we have our guns just in case the, the government tries to take over the people and control our lives, that we're able to defend ourselves. But that's for government. that was for a militia. Yeah, that was back. Like you can't apply those same logics to yeah, now. Like when, it doesn't even make any sense. You know, when the Red Army was coming over here trying to take over. They yeah. didn't have AR-15s back then. No. They were muskets. Muskets and like, yeah. So like you have to apply the gun to the so situation. You can shoot, shoot somebody and they'll bleed to death. <laughs> That's yeah. how they die. Because you couldn't you know? fix them. But, I, just, yeah, I just think about all the people's lives that was lost, especially in my, even my personal life. Like, you know, my personal life. All the yeah. lives that we've lost to gun violence, you know what I'm saying? And, and um, you know, as you get older, the young, when I was young, I didn't think about a lot of things I do now the same way. Uh, it's called maturity, right? But when you, I just look at it now, like it's so unnecessary for even us to have guns, period. Like who are you guns, to decide whether somebody lives or not? Well, a gun puffs you up. Yeah. You know, before guns, you had to, if you had to fight to show your Imagine. superiority, uh -huh. there wouldn't be that much fighting going on. You know, there wouldn't be that much going on. But now, if you get a gun, you could be a little 10 year old kid and you Take can come up against a 40 year old man that's buffed and been working out for 20 years. And you're honest, you, you have the advantage because you have a gun. And that's, that's the, the only thing that it brings. Yeah, and I kind of wish like uh, I don't know. I just wish we could. Like I don't want to have to. Like, like let, let's be clear. I don't want to have to have my gun. I did not get it because I wanted to have a gun and be cool. I got it because there's crazy folks out there. I'm not one of them. So I'm not sitting here hey. just walking around with my gun, flashing it, or whatever the case may be. But I also, again. I don't know nobody out here like that to a degree. You know what I'm trying to say? When I first moved out here, I was by myself, especially when I was by myself. So if somebody tries to break in or do whatever because I'm, I got, I, you know, I'm not a, from around here, it's going to be a tussle and a buffle. I'll tell you that. Yeah, I when I was young, I had a gun. I think I told you, I only had a gun for a week. Before I got that gun, I was cool with everybody. I got a gun for one week and I got into almost got into three fights within that same that one week. Just carrying a gun just made me feel like, well, what did you say? I know exactly. you were, you know. Exactly. I, I'm like, how you get into a fight and where you have a gun? I had a gun and got it. Well, they were arguments. You know, oh, okay. about, arguments. That's what I'm saying. Like you I, I didn't know get about, in a fist fight. That's what I was, was saying. I got escalated where I never I would never argue with people. You know, I let them go about their hey, business. Your pops was like, hey, I got this. Hey. hey. <laughs> nah, so I didn't I didn't I didn't pull it out. I just had it. Nobody knew I had it. But I just said the aggression that it caused me to have towards people, you know, fussing with people, telling people off and stuff. I traded it for a bicycle. That was the best move I made because I would have killed somebody if I'd have had it much longer. I that's, know I would have. That's what guns do. I think that's the problem with having a pistol is that, like, in the wrong hands, in the wrong situation. Now, I, I'm i saying what I'm saying, but at the same time, I got Oh, two I'm going to get a gun. I got I'm going to have a gun. Stay strapped up. 
I stay strapped up. You see me. So I'm ready. But I just, I think guns are, because everybody got it, you need to have one. Right? I think it'd be a better world if nobody had one. Right. I think it'd be a better world, yes. There'd be a lot more people still alive, a lot more people still breathing, a lot more people to love, cherish. I think the world itself would be different if we didn't have them. Right. But we don't live in that world. They make them illegal. I'll turn mine in. I don't care. We don't live in that world. We live in a world. Just making it illegal. People ain't going to just turn in their guns. They got to never. Yeah, but I'm not going to be caught with one because I'm a black male and I don't have that same opportunity like I was telling before. I can't do what they do. Yeah. So as a black man, I'm automatically going to be assumed that I have an illegal firearm. So I can't even play that game. So that's what I'm saying. Like, if they say yeah. it's illegal, then I'm turning my gun. It just is what it is, man. Yeah, as a black man, you know, we seen what we seen a video. We just watched a video where a man had a gun on his on the seat and he grabbed it, and the police didn't kill him. Orlando Castillo had a gun and just told him, never even seen the gun, and he killed him. So we we definitely understand where you're coming from. But I just think you know, in the world that we live in, is not is not what I want in my head, right? So. No. Without a gun, I, I think you you're you're risking anything, right? Because if somebody like that, I was telling um, Reggie before we got on the air, the reason why I'm not at the radio station because somebody robbed the radio station. Somebody went and you know the radio station inside a church. So they went in, so somehow they got in the church, went in the basement of the church to the radio station and robbed somebody while they was on air in the radio station. Now they on camera. But they were just bold. Now, if they didn't have a gun, they wouldn't have did that. You wouldn't be no rock going in the radio station robbing somebody if you don't have a gun. What you gonna do? Pull out a knife? They'll just fight you. Right. Yeah, but if the guy at the radio station had a gun, then we have a dead people. Then we have somebody would be hurt. Somebody at the minimum. True. True. Right. And if and if he brought his gun in the radio station, right. It could be, and it's a church, so you're not supposed to bring your guns in the church. But we all know that's not. But, um, yeah, man, it's a sad situation all around. I think, uh, I think it's a way, it's a way, it's one of those problems where they have a solution, but the solution isn't as beneficial. Uh, it doesn't outweigh uh, just having a problem, right? Just, just don't think it outweighs that. Uh, it's DJ Double OG. It's Are You Serious? It's Dad. We're in the building, man. Uh, it's been episode 15 of the Real Family Therapy Podcast. Uh, Dad, do you have any uh, dad jokes to break us off with? Are you serious? Do you have any uh, random facts maybe that we can uh, take to work with us this next week? Uh, sure. I got a couple. Uh, this child was asking his father. He said, Dad... How are people born? How are, where we come from? So the father said, well, God created Adam and Eve. And they had babies. And then their babies grew up and had babies. And their babies grew up and had babies. And so on and so on until it came down to us. And so the, the same child went to her mother and said, Mom, you know, Dad told me his virgin. Well, how, well, how do you think we had where we came from? And the mother says, well, we started out as monkeys, and then we evolved to become like we are now. And the child ran back to his father and said, 
Dad, you lied to me. His father replied, no, I didn't lie to you. Your mother told you where her side of the family came from. And I told you where my side of the family came from. I missed the joke. Somebody was at my door. Somebody was at your door? Yeah, they dropped off a little package. Oh, okay. Let me show off the package. Excuse me. So, yeah. A bag of bullets? Nah, they dropped off the, the holy grail. Oh, they dropped the joints off. Y'all get the first, y'all get the first look. This is my fact. This is my fun fact for the day. Woo! So Jordan was they and they smell. Is Woo! that suede? It's a little suede. It's a little suede. That thing's nice. It's a little suede, you know. Shout out to the raffle. I could sell these right now for six on it. Probably more, actually. That boy always loves shoes. But I, yeah, that was my uh, fun fact for the day. I got. Let it. me ask you this: How many times you gonna wear them? I wear. There's only uh two pairs of shoes in my closet that I haven't worn. It's the the uh, seventy two and ten elevens. And then it's the another pair of Levens. It's the um, the white ones. I forgot the name of them, but it's a it's like a cream cream color. So yeah, there's only two pair I ain't ever wore. So I wear. I told my son we had seen six rings on Foot Locker. Made me think about when you got the six rings. Yeah, how big that was. was. He was at the shopping hall now. Yeah, them things is beat up too now, but yeah. Shout out to the well, world. I got another joke to go. Okay, okay. Is Google male or female? Uh, today it's male in honor of uh, it's, Luther Vandross. Uh, it's them and they. You got to use female. the correct pronoun. It's a female because it doesn't let you finish a sentence before making a suggestion. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Ariana. Hi, Baba. Hey. What's going on? Hey. Right, let me finish this marker. She always sleeps. She always sleeps. What else does she gonna do? Oh, my goodness. That was a good one, Dad. That was a good one. All right. Uh, any last words we'll get up out of here today, fellas? No. Um, be safe. I'm good. Um, Stay strong. And remember, you control your destiny. Stay stay black. Yes, you control you your wake destiny. Wake up tomorrow and be white. Why not? Nah, I'm cool. <laughs> I'll pass on that one. But, but you know, good luck with it. <laughs> All right, I love y'all. Love you too. All right, love you too. I love y'all. All right, peace out.